Warning, the following program contains subject matter not suitable for a younger audience. It contains offensive language and opinions. Stop it! You're acting like a child! Greetings, ghouls. It's time to discuss, disgust, and dissect. Alright. Your normal mind can imagine. I'm gonna die here. Aren't you drinking? I never drink. Why? Fucking dead bastard. And now, introducing our hosts, the gruesome twosome, Mike and Jeremy. We are Fetch of the Dead. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. All right, we are fans of the dead. I'm Mike. I'm Jeremy. How you doing, bro? Hopefully better. A little bit of audio difficulties to start, but I think we figured it out. All right, and uh, you're sounding a little crisper this episode. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to hopefully get you some better audio this time. Baby steps. Every episode's going to get better. Absolutely. So what are we going on the docket today? From Dusk Till Dawn, from 1996, 95? 1996, Robert Rodriguez, written by Quentin Tarantino. Great duo, those two. Absolutely. Yeah, I've been uh, pretty excited to do this episode since I was like 14 years old. <laughs> I, I've seen this movie God knows how many times, and I don't know why I don't watch this movie more. It is just such a f- fun movie, and this is... Right around the time George Clooney was doing ER, correct? Yeah, this was actually his first movie. Yeah, so when you see somebody in a role like ER all of a sudden coming in to do this, you're like, holy shit. Well, it's funny because Quentin Tarantino directed an episode of ER. That's how he met George Clooney. Really? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and watch that episode because I'm sure it's fucked up. <laughs> All of a sudden, all the nurses are barefoot running around. (laughs) This is a recipe for disaster. Big Kahuna Burger plays a big role in the Quentin Tarantino universe. I think probably most famously in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. So for this, the Big Kahuna Burger. I mean, obviously you can check out the video on YouTube, but we took a pound of beef, minced up some onion, threw in some garlic powder, paprika, a little bit of salt, pepper... Broke that down into four patties, so that's four quarter pound of burgers. Up, a little lettuce, slice of tomato, some jalapenos if you want some balls on your burger, which of course I do. Me as well. Special sauce, really quickly, mayo ketchup, four teaspoon sweet pickle relish. You went with dill relish, I believe, right? I did. Um, I personally, I mean, I like sweet relish. Um, my wife doesn't, so... For her, I switched to dill, and actually, it it still worked really well. Yeah, I mean, whatever your poison is, I'd use sweet pickle relish because that's what I had in the fridge. One tablespoon of onion powder, we got one teaspoon of white vinegar, a teaspoon of granulated sugar, and an eighth a teaspoon of salt. Mix that up, slather that on the bun, melt a little bit of cheese. I used cheddar cheese for mine. What'd you use? I actually didn't use any cheese. Whether you get a Big Kahuna burger or a Big Kahuna cheeseburger, they are both delicious. Honestly, I didn't think I didn't think it needed it. No, I mean it's really 
really, really good. And the best way to wash that down is with a little bit of whiskey Tarantino. All right, let's get into this action extravaganza, as quoted by Roger Ebert. Spoilers ahead. It's nonstop thrills when George Clooney of ER and Quentin Tarantino, Pulp Fiction, star as the Gecko Brothers, two dangerous outlaws on a wild crime spree. After kidnapping a father, Harvey Keitel of Bad Lieutenant, and his two kids, including Juliette Lewis of Natural Born Killers, the geckos head south to a seedy Mexican bar to hide out in safety. But when they face the bar's truly notorious clientele, they're forced to team up with their hostages in order to make it out alive. One night is all that stands between them and freedom, but it's going to be one hell of a night. Now, even reading that, we rented that knowing nothing about this movie. I actually think my friend's sister rented it and was like, okay, here's a movie you guys will like. It's from the guys that did Desperado and Pulp Fiction. And we went into it knowing nothing. And that's how I kind of want to approach this. It's a badass gangster movie. And a f very fun one at that. Yeah, it, it's funny because how quickly this movie goes. Oh, it did. And you know, it's almost a two-hour movie. But, yeah, no, it goes super quick. They do not hit the brakes at all. Right from the beginning. Just, like, all pedal to the metal. So where do we start? All right. So a sheriff's car pulls up at Benny's World of Liquor. We don't have it. <laughs> you don't get it. So I'm sure most people recognize both these guys. You got the sheriff who is basically the sheriff in every single Quentin Tarantino movie. That is Ranger Earl McGraw, played by Michael Parks, and John Hawks, playing Pete Bottom, the clerk of Benny's World of Liquors. And there's a little monologue here, which, uh, I mean, we don't have to get into it. You know the monologue. It's a hot goddamn day. <laughs> you know what? And I love how he just goes in and just grabs a friggin' beer like he owns a place. He just grabs a beer, opens it up, starts talking to the guy complains about microwave food how that's so bad and then he <laughs> orders a bottle of jack dan he says i'm getting tanked tonight can i use your shitter <laughs> goes to take a shit and that's when we're introduced to the gecko brothers seth that's george clooney and richie played by quentin tarantino they've apparently taken a couple girls hostage and they've told uh pete to be cool and apparently letting a cop use your shitter is not cool but pete bottom says that he should get an academy fucking award for how cool he is acting but he made a face <laughs> yeah did he really uh <laughs> signal the drunk cop i don't think so fun fact though 15 <laughs> years later 2011 john hawks actually was nominated for an academy award uh, for what why the fuck did you ask me that I don't know. I thought you had that with no, you. No, and he, he he actually didn't win, but he was nominated, which I think was, was pretty cool. Nice. The cop comes back. The Gecko brothers take the girls behind some shelves. And I can't believe this cop doesn't notice that there's four people in the liquor store just kind of standing in one spot. I don't know. He, he had to go right near them to get his free beer. Yeah. So Richie shoots him in the head, thinks that Pete signaled him by whispering, help us. He swears he didn't. But he gets a gun, shoots Richie in the hand, and now it doesn't matter because he's got about two fucking seconds to live. And all of this was just so they could grab a roadmap. 
I know. <laughs> He's just, I told you to get the fucking roadmap and get out of here. But no, they leave the cop dead, the clerk dead, mm. the hostages get away, but they blow the whole place up. And they walk away cool, explosion blowing behind him as the blaster's dark night kicks in. And this intro is just kick-ass. I really love this song. Now, I'm sorry, but that whole thing was pretty badass where he shoots up all the booze behind him, lights a roll of toilet paper, and just torches him. Yeah. That was pretty cool. And, and when Pete dies, he's laying in the popcorn, and it's like the kernels start popping. <laughs> yeah, that was a really fun intro to our characters. And then when they take off, this is actually one of my favorite camera shots ever. And I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. When he holds up his hand, just to see the hole in George Clooney's eye, like right through his hand. Yeah, there's a lot of cool camera work with this movie. I like the opening credits so they show the trunk reveal it kind of like show a transparent circle and you can see that they have a hostage in the trunk yes and right then the car drives past the camera but then falls back as the camera drives past the car and it's just there's a lot of moving parts a lot of cool shit going on so they arrive at the cd hotel they check in meet with that old bastard at the desk what do you want? I want a fucking broom, you prick. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, so they quickly take the hostage from the trunk into the room. George Clooney runs over the rules, and he's going to go check the border and leave Richie and the middle-aged woman alone together, which is a bad idea. Yeah, it, it, it seems to me that, that Seth is definitely the more uh, cool-headed one of the duo. Now, these brothers, do you think they're twins? Well, I'm guessing Richie's younger. Well, just because he's more immature and he's fucking crazy? I thought at one point he said that was his younger brother. Oh, okay. Not completely important until later, I guess. So, Seth leaves after that really cool rule sequence. You know, don't try to run because I got six friends and they can all run faster than you. <laughs> So now we meet the Fullers. Jacob, Harvey Keitel, Kate, Juliet Lewis, and Scott, played by Ernest Liu, in his first role. Yeah, this is Juliet Lewis. This was after Natural Born Killers, correct? Yes. So she was still she was still relatively young. Yeah, Natural Born Killers actually was Quentin Tarantino's script. Oh, really? Yeah, that Oliver Stone reinterpreted, if you will. So Jacob's a former pastor or minister. He's having a crisis of faith because his wife died, and they're on a road trip just to get away. Yeah, they don't really say where they're going. I think they're just going. I think he just wants to get away from everything. Obviously, he doesn't want to be a pastor anymore. Did you notice Scott's t-shirt? Precinct 13? Yeah, that's a cool Easter egg. John Carpenter movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, that's like one of those things. You like, you just watch a movie, and there's just Easter eggs jumping out at you. Our Easter egg episode could have been like, two days long <laughs> it's true all right so we've met the fullers and it cuts to a newscast which kind of is a great way to catch us up to speed on exactly what richie and seth are running from so richie broke seth out of prison they're basically just two-bit thieves i guess yeah that's really all they are i mean i think they even said they're just professional thieves yeah the death toll is at 16 Five Texas Rangers, 
eight cops and three civilians. That's kind of a morbid way to <laughs> to put it. No, did, did, did the reporter seem way too happy to you? Yeah, she was like, and the death toll brought to you by Coors Light and Chango Beer. <laughs> she, she was smiling throughout the whole thing. Very cheerful. And then we cut to FBI agent John Saxon. Well, played by John uh, Saxon. Yeah, um, from Nightmare on Elm Street. From Nightmare on Elm Street. He was in Black Christmas. I swear to God, this guy gets the worst beats. Like, he is on some of the toughest uh, cases. Actually, you know where the first place I actually saw him was? Was um, Enter the Dragon. Oh. The Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee movie. Good movie. All right. So after that cut in, we go back to the hotel where Seth is returning to a bloodbath. Now, he doesn't recognize it at first because the woman seems to be gone. And he lays down the big kahuna burger bag and him and Richie start to eat. And he notices he has an extra burger. Where's the woman? <sighs> She's, she's in the room. She's lying down. He opens the door, and the reveal for the body is just so cool because you just see Seth's eyes, and he's just like, ah, oh, fuck. What was I thinking, leaving you alone? It's like little f- flashes of the, of the body. Of the blood and the gore. So Seth is pissed. Yeah, he starts flipping out on Rich. He's like, this is not how things are done. I feel like she should have known better when he, like, weirdly, like, laid on the bed and said... Come watch TV with me, baby. Want to watch some cartoons? Take off your <laughs> shoes. So, yeah. So, Seth starts getting hammered. And, again, we see the Fullers pull up in the RV. And they almost run Seth over as he's drinking. Mm. And that's when the light bulb happens. He's like, hmm, I think I've got an idea how to get us across the border. And, of course, um, Kate, I believe, is is the daughter's name. Yes. She wants nothing to do with that place because she wants a pool and, you know, an actual nice place. Right, but all Harvey Keitel wants is a god-honest bed. Yeah, look what that got him. So they, they settle in. She gets into a bikini. She's about to go to the pool. There's a knock on the door. And it's Richie saying that him and his lady friend need an ice bucket. So, of course, as soon as Jacob turns around, he's got a gun pointed at him. And that's when Seth and Richie basically take him hostage. Yep, they basically they gave they gave Kate three minutes to change her clothes and get the fuck out. Really. Yeah, and can I just say that Richie assaults Scott in such a creepy manner by basically like putting the barrel in his mouth. Yeah. Yeah, Richie. I mean, obviously Richie's a creep. He's obviously a murderer and a sex offender. It's just, ugh, he's, he's, he's no good. He's bad news I mean, bears. I mean, I mean, it's it was difficult when, you know, he you know hears quote unquote hears Kate tell him to do something. <laughs> to do something, Richie, would you do me a favor for me? Eat my pussy. Um, sure. <laughs> so he's completely psychotic. And look when they so they I mean they take off and they go on the RV. Yeah, let's go for a little ride. Did 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 you mean what you said back there? What? Yeah, so he's he, he's full on psychotic. Like he really thought he heard her say that. So they're heading to the to the border. You got Jacob and Seth in the front, and Richie and the kids in the back. And Kate's like, "What's in Mexico?" Mexicans. <laughs> the dialogue is a plus for this for this movie. I don't, so I mean, Seth is trying to be as friendly as possible in his own 
you know, in his own way. Like, he doesn't really care, but he's trying to keep things civil. Right. He's going through Jacob's wallet. He sees the, the uh, minister card, and he's asking him if it's legit, or he's just trying to get a tax break. Yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing. You like, didn't it, know that they got a tax break? No, I mean, I didn't know, like, they actually had, like, a card. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's their tax-exempt card. So, anyway, Jacob's like, I don't really want to talk to you anymore after discussing how his wife died and Seth's like hey that's fine I was just trying to talk I actually don't give a fuck um, but you have to be chill or I'm gonna let Richie fuck your daughter basically and he's like if you want your daughter to be safe be cool and you have my word and they shake hands now I want you to note that people following along at home he gave his word that he would keep Kate safe yeah, and that, <laughs> that's when Richie asked about the pussy thing. So, they pull up on the border, and we meet Cheech number one. I literally, I literally have that Cheech number one, number two, and number three. So, Cheech is pulling triple duty on this one because he's such a great actor. So, this one, he's playing a border guard named Oscar Marin, who's actually, the, that's Cheech's dad's name. Yeah, so, you know, he says it's just just himself and his son you know there's they're just going to mexico to vacation because and, kate and seth and richie are hiding out in the bathroom right and at this point rich is starting to wig out yeah he doesn't give a fuck about the border patrol he's just very upset that seth called him crazier he called him a name he's basically upset because his older brother called him a name so seth and, knocks him out yeah so cheech number one hears this he goes, I thought I said it was only just the two of you. Oh, yeah, it's uh, me, my son, and uh, my daughter. Okay, I'm coming aboard. Goes, checks in the bathroom, and it appears that Kate is just on the toilet because Seth and Richie are hiding in the shower. Shut the fucking door, please. Yeah, <laughs> it's very polite. Get the fuck out of here, please. <laughs> so, that works. They're in Mexico. And Seth is just elated. He's like, all right, you're all cool in my book. Gives Jacob the directions to the Titty Twister, where we'll spend the rest of the movie. Which looks like a very stand-up type place. Yeah, it's off to the, you know, it's off of the main highway. And supposedly, you know, no cops will show up. It's open from dusk till dawn. You get ZZ Top playing She's Killing Me as they're pulling up. And that's where we meet Cheech number two, credited as Chet Pussy. <laughs> and he is just hilarious in this role. He's basically the carnival barker for the, the bar. I, I, if you go that far to the bar, why aren't you going in? Why do you need someone telling you to go in? I mean, you're obviously there to, to go in and get laid. But Cheech is out there saying that they have... I'm just going by what he says. This is their menu. They have white pussy, black pussy, Spanish pussy, yellow pussy, hot pussy, cold pussy, wet pussy, smelly pussy, hairy pussy, bloody pussy, snapping pussy, silk pussy, velvet pussy, naga hide pussy, horse pussy, dog pussy, chicken pussy, and as Juliette Lewis comes up, they also have a new flavor, apple pie pussy. If you can find cheaper pussy anywhere else, fuck it. And he actually breaks the fourth wall in that so monologue. Come so on many, in, pussy lovers! So how many times did it take you to try to do that? That was actually the first one. <laughs> that was pretty impressive. Thank you. I mean, like I said, I've seen this movie a couple times. 
All right. So as soon as he says the apple pie pussy to Kate, obviously the guys are offended. So Seth knocks him out. And then as he's down, Richie just starts kicking him in the ribs, just fucking him up. So, you know, they go in and Seth just walks in and goes, this is my kind of place. Yeah. So this shot was amazing. So as soon as they walk in, they get Tito and the tarantula playing angry cockroaches. And as soon as he said, this is my kind of place, the camera slowly goes around the whole bar. And it must have been painstaking to get this shot down because, you know, you get dancers moving, you get waitresses going up. You basically get quickly introduced to the other characters and you see the band. They're actually playing Angry Cockroaches. It's not just like overdubbed. And then it leads back to our gang. So we see a few... uh familiar faces here although maybe not at the time so we got danny trejo yep he's a bartender did you notice robert rodriguez playing guitar with tito and the tarantula yes i did yep yeah so danny trejo is the bartender and at first he's basically going to kick our guys out he's like this is for bikers and truckers only (laughs) well come to find out apparently jacob is a trucker right he's got the uh the special license so he can drive the rv so he says, this is just a misunderstanding. We can stay here. You know, I got the license. These are my friends. Danny Trejo's like, okay, welcome to the Diddy Twister. So they order a bottle of whiskey and five glasses. Yeah, and Kate is quick to uh, accept pounding those down. She took two shots quickly like a champ. Right after saying, I'm not 21, I can't drink. And so it's like, fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he finally, he gets, um, he gets Scott to to join into but the father still really doesn't want to no and they also show a really quick shot of sex machine sex (laughs) machine played by the great tom savini and did you notice he uh, uses his whip to steal a beer so the beer is chango which is a fake beer from you know all robert rodriguez's movies right they had it in desperado but he stole a beer from greg nicotero i read that so greg nicotero robert kurtzman and Howard Berger founded the special effects company KNB, and they did the famous ear scene from Reservoir Dogs for free if Quentin Tarantino would write a script for a movie that would showcase their special effects company. And that's basically why this movie exists. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. Also, yeah, he steals the steals the beer with the whip but this is also where we see his dick pistol <laughs> yes <laughs> why he's called sex machine so he's got a a crotch rocket <laughs> so that that actually was also in desperado in the scene when he opens a guitar case it's one oh, of yeah. his weapons yeah so they're i mean they're pounding shots they're pounding shots and then yes, we introduce sama hayek as ah, slow down we also meet fred williamson oh uh frost yeah, he, he plays Frost in this. Uh, he's sitting there, he's stacking dominoes, and he keeps getting pissed because the strippers keep walking on the table and knocking <laughs> over the dominoes. But she lights a cigar, so he's like, all oh, right, I guess this is this is cool. So finally Seth gets Jacob to take a shot, and he goes, to your family, which is returned by, to yours. And that's where the famous dance number comes in. And now, for your viewing pleasure... The mistress of the macabre, the epitome of evil, the most sinister woman to ever dance on the face of this earth, 
lowly dog, bow your head, kneel, and worship at the feet of Sandanico Pandemonium. Yes. And that's where After Dark kicks in, which is a very sultry song, and we're introduced to Selma Hayek's character. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I just melted in my bed watching that last night. Very good scene. And, you know, she was almost not in this movie. The character's name was originally going to be Blonde Death, but Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino came to the film. Well, it, she should probably be Mexican, and Santanico Pandemonium is a Mexican horror movie, so they named her after that character. And Selma Hayek turned down the role because she's deathly afraid of snakes. That was a big-ass snake. Huge fucking snake. But Robert Rodriguez said, oh, that that's fine. Uh, Madonna's probably going to play the role. And some hike said, no, 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 I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it. And she overcame her fear. She did the snake. And she, that was all her. There was no choreographer. Choreographer. There was no choreographer. Can that was just imagine, her dancing. Can you imagine if that was replaced by Madonna? No. I mean, Madonna really wasn't up for the role. That was no, just, no, but but just imagine like if that actually was a thing. I can't imagine anyone else playing that role. It was perfect. So she does her little dance. She puts her foot in Richie's mouth and pours whiskey down her leg, and he drinks <laughs> whiskey from her toes, which I'm sure Quentin Tarantino wrote into the script on purpose. He actually uh, commented on it in the commentary. <laughs> So I'm sure he had fun, and after that, everyone's clapping. I mean, the whole place was hypnotized during the dance. Sets up, he's clapping, he's like, that's what I call a fucking show. And Chet, Chet Pussy from the uh, door, comes back in, and he grabs the bartender and the bouncer, and they're going to confront the Gecko Brothers. It's those two guys. He's right there. This one broke my nose and this one he broke my ribs he kicked me while i was down so this is where shit gets quick and heavy very fast the bouncer gets shot richie gets his hand stabbed grabs the knife stabs up danny treo and that's when selma hayek notices the blood and chet's just sitting there and he's just laughing and they do the whole pulp fiction shoot him up shot and jacob looks at the knife and notices green blood dripping off of it. And that's where shit gets fucking crazy. Yeah, so Soma Hayek goes full-on vampire right there at this point. Now, when I first saw this, I had no idea there were vampires in this movie. I was just as stunned as our gang. Like, what the fuck? And she just bites the shit out of Rich. Yeah, she attacks Quentin Tarantino, and he dies. Now, do you know the reason they used green blood? Star Trek? I don't know. Star Trek? No, yeah, no. Klingon. Yeah, Klingons, you know. They used the green blood to get past the MPAA because they knew that they'd get like at least an NC-17 or an X rating. So to get an R rating, they did green blood for the vampires. And it actually works. Yeah, no, it works. Because, I mean, you don't really... I mean, I guess you don't really know what color blood they would have, I guess. Or if they'd have blood at all. Now, I want to get into the, the lore with you a little bit later, but right now... It's just, shit's just hitting a fan. So everyone that we just thought we killed rises up. There's a huge fight. The band, for some reason, their instruments turn into, like, body parts. <laughs> I, I don't get that, but it, it was badass looking. Like, the guitar is, like, a torso with a leg shoved up its ass. 
<laughs> I think that it wasn't, wasn't like the neck, like a head. It was like a head at the end of the neck or something like that. It was just all sorts of crazy shit going on. So people die. We find out that crosses do stop vampires because Kate has a cross necklace. She shoves it into Cheech's mouth and his head explodes and his eyes just squirt gross goo all over her. Yeah. And then uh, Fred Williamson has a cool scene here. He flips a table and he picks up vampires and he drops them onto the table legs, staking four vampires on one table. That was pretty badass. So we get Santana go pandemonium fighting Seth and she's going to turn him into a slave. He's like, no thanks. I already had a wife. Shoots the uh, chandelier, which happens to be made out of wood, falls on her. Now, I thought she was going to be like the queen vampire and she dies pretty quickly. I know. I thought so too. And yeah, I was looking back. I was kind of surprised as to why they really didn't have her in the movie longer yeah who knows but we get sex machine doing this ill acrobatic routine like flipping around whipping vampires staking them left and right and he uh uses a pool cue to kill danny trail uh, sorry when the vampires get killed they burn up i believe it's razor charlie yes razor charlie burns up and when he does his eyeballs fall into the corner pockets which was very cool and that's when the bouncer comes up gets his heart ripped out they're basically beating him to the ground while fred williamson uh, frost is holding the heart and sex machine comes up takes a pencil and stabs the heart that was pretty cool yeah so now we're left with four stripper vamps and each guy takes a stripper and kills her and they all burn up and sex machine says now let's kill that fucking band and basically, Tito just says, all right, we're out. And they explode. They just explode. <laughs> I, I don't know. So I was thinking maybe they uh, turn into bats and we just didn't see them turn into bats. Yeah, maybe. Because I can't see why they just exploded. I don't know why their instruments turned into body parts. And then I don't know why they exploded. But my thinking is they turned into bats and they went to go get reinforcements. Maybe. So now, now that they think they're safe, now Seth goes up to Richie and, you know, wants to make sure he's okay. And he kind of looks like, remember the Jim Carrey movie, The Mask? Oh, yeah. Remember when the bad guy put the mask on? Yeah. And he was just like all diesel? That's kind of kind of what Richie looked like right here when he sits up. Yeah, and so um, I believe Jacob gives him, uh, kills him, right? No. Seth actually does the kill. But at first he doesn't want to. Jacob's like, you got to. He's not your brother anymore. Uh, Frost and Sex Machine basically hold him and he puts a stake through his heart oh that's right okay. now i'll give you the peace in death that you couldn't have in life right and he's basically i mean everyone's in shock at this point he's like right. i just killed my brother because he turned into a vampire i don't even fucking believe in vampires can we all agree that these are vampires that was and they go over the whole that was great the whole thing about what do we know about vampires um you know like sunlight and wooden stakes seem to be working so far it's like yeah but do we know this from movies has anyone read a book <laughs> what book what book are you reading somebody's like silver bullets i think <laughs> that was tom savini he's like uh how about silver and they're like well silver bullets i know it's for werewolves but like can't silver do something well, how many of you have any fucking silver on you uh touche touche so seth starts pounding whiskey and Jacob's like, hey, buddy, uh, I think we need you a little sober. How about you put down the bottle? And in come the bats. Yeah, so it's like, what What the hell is that noise? Bats. 
So they reinforced the door. There's a big hole in the door. They shove body parts in it to keep the bats from getting in. But now they're completely surrounded by what looks like thousands of bats. Yeah. So humans start coming alive. All the humans that got killed during that whole big fight start coming oh, back. The so no, the, the no-leg slithery guy? Oh, yeah. So they basically just go around and start staking all the dead bodies just to make sure that they stay down. This was actually pretty funny because this is where Sex Machine and Kate kind of finally meet. Nice to meet you. What's your name? Oh, I'm Kate. I'm 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 Sex Machine. <laughs> nice to meet you. I'm like that was awkward. It, on paper, it seems awkward. Awkward, but she was just oh, like, oh, this is the least <laughs> awkward thing happening right now. <laughs> like, who cares what the fuck your name is? So yeah, so they go. They're still staking people. Kate's kind of having trouble staking someone because I, I don't know she feels bad killing a human until he wakes up as a vampire then she kills him yeah so it's basically when she got you know forced to right when push came when push comes to shove she she did it and uh, sex machine actually gets bit which of course he tries to hide as right. most people do in these types of situations yeah he, he threw his jacket on real quick now Seth calls out Jacob for questioning his faith and he says that he is the best weapon against these satanic cocksuckers he asks jacob are you a faithless preacher or are you a mean motherfucking servant of god and jacob thinks and he goes i'm a mean mm, mm, servant of god <laughs> he's back on board and so and sex machine starts hearing starts hearing voices yeah he's hearing voices as frost gives his little vietnam monologue at first, before the voices happen, dude's already getting, like, sweaty. He's starting yeah. to look sick. And all of a sudden, he has fangs. And he's hiding the fangs. <laughs> he covers, he covers yeah, his mouth. He covers his mouth with his hand. And his hand turns into, like, a claw. So he covers that with his other hand, which also turns to a claw. Now, the voices that he heard, do you think that were was uh, the bats from outside trying to communicate with him? Actually, now that you think about it, probably. I was wondering where those voices were coming from. Yeah, so he finally turns. He creeps up on Frost from behind, bites him. Frost freaks the fuck out and throws him through a wall, which obviously opens up our gang to Right. I was hoping for this whole big, like, Frost versus Sex Machine fight. Yeah, it didn't didn't really happen. And Frost turned into a vampire very quickly. Yeah, he did. Now, do you think maybe that's because he actually got bit in the jugular vein, whereas Sex Machine took a little bit because he was bit in the arm, so maybe the affection uh, took longer to turn him? That's that's a possibility. So, oh shit, the bats are swarming it. So the gangs chase down a back hallway into a storage room where they lock themselves up, and the storage room's full of random truck supplies. Yeah, so this is where we kind of figure out that they just do this all the time. Yeah, they must have been doing this for quite a while because they have quite the arrangement of random-ass shipments. Jacob's stuck behind a bar, and he makes a makeshift cross with a pump-action shotgun and a small baseball bat. Tell me that wasn't badass, though. That thing was so fucking awesome. He cocks it, he's using it, and as soon as he stands up from the bar, you just see the whole place is full of vampires now mad fucking vampires so he makes his way back down to the hall to the storage room to rejoin the gang uh he's been bitten at this point so he doesn't have 
long to go. So they're basically going to suit up and try to kill as many vampires as they can before they're killed themselves. And this is an ill montage scene where they're filling up super soakers, they're making condom balloons, they make a wooden stake jackhammer. Kate had the uh, had the crossbow. She gets the crossbow. They start carving crosses into the bullets, so when you shoot a vampire, it gets the cross right into it. Jacob blesses all the water and then makes everyone promise to kill him. They make them swear to God that they will kill him. Yeah, they don't want to. No, of course they don't want to. That's their dad. Yeah, no, the Fuller's dad. Seth, he he agrees right away. Oh, yeah, no problem. I'll <laughs> fucking kill you. They finally say, all right, three, two, one, let's go. They open the door. They use that makeshift cross to get down the hall into the bar. And then Seth screams out his favorite Metallica album. Kill them all! And we, we just start fucking killing vampires. Yeah, that was pretty, that was pretty cool. Although their, uh, their ammo wasn't, they didn't have a whole lot. No. Uh, Sex Machine, this is another question I have about vampire lore. So Sex Machine gets roped with his own whip and they pop his head off. And by doing so, he grows a new head and turns into this giant rat thing. (laughs) What the hell was that? So the only thing I can think of, so Santanico Pandemonium, when she turned, she kind of looked like reptilian, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking they're in the desert. Maybe vampires have uh, evolved to their certain locales. So they're in the desert, so they're more reptilian, which actually has uh, history. The culebra. Culebra? Culebra. Which just means snake or demon. So I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of is why he might have turned into a rat. Maybe he was actually bitten by a rat vampire. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe that's, a, that's a vampire from the city that's like a city vampire. Mexico City rat vampire? Maybe. Who knows? So he turns into that rat thing. They kill him. So the frost vampire goes up to Jacob, who's just using his cross left and right. And Frost seems to give no fucks about that cross. Slaps it away from him. Or slaps the bat away from him. Gets the shotgun through his stomach. And Jacob's actually killing vampires behind him. That was Through his stomach. And then he just kind of melts. Yeah. So I was thinking maybe because he slapped the cross, maybe he was dumb enough to touch the cross, and that's why he ended up dying. I don't know. He just kind of melted. And then Jacob gets swarmed, and all of a sudden the vampires kind of hold back. And Harvey Keitel turns around. Jacob is a vampire now. Attacks his son. His son hesitated. Wouldn't do it. Nope. That's what... Hey, you swear to God, man. But then he actually does... He does kill him. I swear to God, in Jesus Christ's name. Kills his dad. Yeah, but in the meantime, I mean, he just gets attacked by vampire after vampire, and he gets bitten the shit out of him. To the point where he begs to be killed. Kill me, Kate. Kill me. So she kills him, which in turn. So she shoots him with a wooden stake, which somehow makes all the vampires, I call them the uh, buffet vamps. Every vampire that was biting him explodes. Kind of weird how that happened. So now Kate and Seth are the only two left of our gang. And they're surrounded. And they're running out of ammo. They only have a couple bullets. She asks, should I save the last couple bullets for us? And he's like, no, fuck that. Kill any prick that gets close to you. And now we're seeing little beams of light shining in all around them. So they decide to shoot more holes. Yep, sun's starting to come up. So they start shooting holes. And there's enough light, like, peeking through that they're kind of safe and... Cheech number three comes a knock in. 
Hello, I'm looking for my friend Seth. <laughs> they kick in the door and Seth and Kate start running out and all the light hits a giant disco ball that they have and every single vampire explodes. <laughs> Why the fuck did you pick this place? <laughs> I don't like, know. It was out of the way. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like well, what's wrong? Were they psychos? Psychos do not explode when sunlight hits them. I don't care how crazy they are. <laughs> because you picked this place out of a hat, my brother is dead. This girl's whole family is dead. Oh, sorry. They basically cut it down. Their, uh, the stake of whatever yeah. robbery that they had from 30% to 25%. <laughs> Give up 5% all the, all the, all sorry fee. <laughs> because they, they agree on 20%. They shake hands and uh, Cheech is like, 25 Offers him a cold beer. He says, I got Mexican and domestic. And because they're in Mexico, doesn't that just mean... I know, wouldn't that be domestic? <laughs> <laughs> like a chango. And this is where Seth gives Kate a huge stack of money and basically just leaves her alone. She asks if she can go with them to El Rey. And he says, I may be a bastard, but I'm not a fucking bastard. They take off, leaving Kate there all alone. Dark Knight kicks in again. And we pull the camera back to the back of the titty twister. Which is basically like a like a Mayan temple. An old temple which was based off of the temple from Apocalypse Now. So there's this huge temple and what must be hundreds and hundreds of trucks. It looks like a graveyard. So they've been doing this for I would say at least a hundred years. So easily. Yeah, so that's pretty much it, man. What did you think about it? I mean I've loved this movie for over 25 years. Or yeah. Oh, my God. years. Wow. Yeah, this movie is that old. We're that old. Yeah. No, I mean, George Clooney was awesome. Tarantino's awesome. Everybody in the movie was awesome. Yeah. It's a fun, fun movie with a lot of fun characters. Love the dialogue. I'm going full five brains. I actually have to agree. This is the first movie that I think we have done where just everything about it is just awesome soundtrack kills the only things i don't like about it are the lore it's a little bit unanswered but that's fine i mean they did make two more movies if you want to go see them i mean robert rodriguez and quentin tarantino didn't make those movies but there are other movies that you can watch right the uh, yeah see then the other thing too is like i mentioned earlier i would have loved a good sex machine frost fight that would have been really cool because obviously you saw frost just like brutally kicking ass and sex machine jumping around like he's on a flying trapeze or something he had nothing to do with any of the the makeup or anything did he i don't think so i think he was just there because he's badass and quentin tarantino's like a wicked fan he's actually friends with greg nicotero so i mean they could have been greg nicotero is basically his protege right so the whole thing was based off of camazotes which is an old, I don't want to say fairy tale, <laughs> an old story, we'll say, from Mexico. It basically means bat god or death bat. He was like the god of night, death, and sacrifice. And there's a story that two twin brothers, I guess twins, that just means two. <laughs> so twin brothers go into the house of bats. It's like one of the realms of hell. And they have to spend a night there. And they get circled by bats, led by the bat god, Camazotes, who's also possibly the inspiration for Batman, because he's half man, half bat. So, twin brothers 
half man, half bad vampires, maybe. Yeah. So that's, I'm guessing, where they got some of the lore from. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm, I'm not too well versed in the vampire world. It's not usually, like, my go-to when I watch these movies. Yeah, I mean, besides Dracula, Monster Squad, like, just off the top of my head, I think those are, oh, John Carpenter's Vampires. Yeah, it's true. See, I I haven't seen that in years. I'll have to, I'll have to go back to that one. Yeah, there, I mean, there are a lot of really good vampires. I mean, basically, you follow the same guidelines. No sunlight. Wooden right. steaks, bad. They don't like garlic on their pizza. You know, shit like that. Typical stuff. They have to be invited into houses. Yeah, I rescind your invitation. Oh, no, now I can't come in. <laughs> I always thought that was a really weird rule. I know. It's okay. Like, like you, I'm going to murder you if I'm invited to. Can I get an invitation to fucking kill you? Well, if you're going to be like that, no. No need to be vulgar. So, man, what else we got? Do a little bit of horror babe of the month. Ooh. Who we got this month? Uh, this month was... Who was this month? Diana Prince, also known as Darcy the Male Girl. Ah, uh, yes. So she's an actress, obviously. She's a writer. She has a podcast, Geek Talk. You can... Check that out, Spotify. That's where I've heard it. But she's a horror fanatic. She's well-versed in horror, and she's actually one of the driving forces. She played an integral part in getting Joe Bob to return and start his new show, which in turn made her the new male girl. Yeah, absolutely. No, have you... See, I just started listening to her podcast, too. It's not bad. It's pretty good. No, she gets a lot of great guests. But you can also check her out. She was in Beach Massacre at Kill Devil Hills. That was a pretty fun movie. I know you've probably seen the Friday the 13th fan film Vengeance. Yeah, uh, C.J. Graham, I think, was in it. He plays uh, his father. Yep, so she was in that. She was also in Milf on Milf, Pure Anal Pleasure, you know, just to name a few. (laughs) It's got a great IMDb quote here. I just want to watch horror movies and fuck. Too much to ask? No, that's not too much to ask. Yeah. Uh, do we have some uh, fan feedback? We have a little bit of fan feedback. As many of you know, we now have a YouTube channel. For our slime ball video, we got a comment. Great video. Keep them coming. And we will. So uh, I guess that's it, bro. Yep. Uh, check us out. We are on the Facebook. You can check us out, Fans of the Dead. Also on Twitter at fans of the dead one that's the number one yes spotify itunes podomatic yes anywhere almost anywhere you can get a podcast go check out our youtube channel you can see how we made the recipe for disaster that's always a fun time and uh, always delicious hit us up at fans of the dead podcast at gmail.com drop us a line maybe a movie you want to have us cover or a subject you want us to cover, or whatever, man, just drop us a line. Absolutely. So coming up, uh, our next couple next couple podcasts, we're going to be doing gateways for our tangent. Gateway, Gateway horror. horror. So maybe something, if you're not, I don't know, if you've listened to this whole episode, you're obviously into horror, but maybe you've got a friend or a significant other that you try to get into horror. We'll maybe show a little bit of a good movie that they can watch with you that they're not complaining the whole time and chewing your ear off or maybe a movie you can show your kids that won't have them sleeping in your room because of too much nightmares exactly 
that sucks. Haven't got to I that. Do not, haven't got that. I do not no, I do not suggest watching Dawn of the Dead with your five-year-old. Or Poltergeist. Poltergeist was a bad idea. Anyway, that wraps it up. Have fun. Be safe. Peace. Toodles. Adios, motherfucker. Chigalo.